0: G'day, Sports by Fry fans. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. Coming at you late on a Thursday evening. Had a bit of difficulty with the uh, podcast lately. Anchor's been playing up and wouldn't let me uh, upload any new episodes to your stream. But I'm back with a bumper Fry's Fast Five today. And let's start with the biggest talking point in the entire sporting world. The only thing that needs to be addressed on this podcast Ben Simmons finally hit a three. Of course, I'm only half joking. I am a little bit sick of hearing all this shit about Ben Simmons being able to shoot from behind the three-point line. But full credit to the bloke. He is finally off the mark. He was 0-17 heading into Philadelphia's game against the Knicks. And drained a three in the corner in the first quarter that uh, had the internet going into a frenzy. And like I said, I'm kind of over it. But I want to see Ben Simmons start to take more of these threes. I couldn't care much if he makes them or not really but he's got to start taking them I mean he's obviously shown some growth in his game he's starting to increase his range he was in the preseason taking a few more jumpers from outside the paint but if Simmons really is going to live up to all the hype and become another superstar alongside Joel Embiid he's got to start taking more of these shots hopefully this gives him the confidence to do so and I think it will in time got to give him some credit. I mean, he's only been in the league what three, four years now, but that's that's a long time. He's got to start taking these shots. So that's all I'm going to talk about it. I promise. But uh, yeah, we have to give Ben Simmons some props for at least hitting one. Second thing on the slate today, there is a huge Thursday night football game coming up between the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. The two AFC South rivals will be squaring off, both sitting at 6-4. So this game has a lot of implications, not only in the division and who could maybe push For the division win, as it sits right now, Indianapolis is above the Texans because of the tiebreaker. But if Houston can get a win at home, that would be huge in the AFC playoff landscape. It should be a massive game. Hilton, the big receiver, T.Y. Hilton for the Colts, is listed as questionable. And we know that their starting running back, Marlon Mack, is going to be out with a broken hand. So the Colts do have a tough task ahead of them to get this W. Texans are favoured, and I think... They should probably get this done. I mean, I if I was a betting man, well, I am a bit of a betting man, but my advice and my gut uh, would be to back the Texans in to win by at least a touchdown. I think Deshaun Watson will get the job done in Houston, but the Texans' defense has got to step up. The Colts have kind of surprised us a bit, and they're a very well-run organization, considering they lost Andrew Luck before the season even began. They've stormed to probably overachieve in some people's eyes, but they've been competitive week in, week out and both teams are going to be desperate for a win they've kind of spluttered had a couple of wins and losses in recent times and like i said with playoff spots starting to heat up we've got six weeks left of the regular season this is going to be a huge game they obviously will have a bit of a longer break heading into week 13 so it'd be nice for both sides if they could get a w heading into the all-important playoff race Next thing I wanna discuss is James Wiseman. If you don't know, James Wiseman is the projected number one pick in next year's NBA draft. Big man that plays for Memphis, but he's in a little bit of hot water to start his collegiate career. He has been whacked with a 12 game suspension, which was meant to be an 11 game suspension that is now a 10 game suspension after Memphis's game against South Florida. And this punishment comes from a couple of different sources. Cutting a long story short, when his family moved way back in 2017, Penny Hardaway, who ironically is now the head coach of the Memphis Tivers college basketball, men's basketball team, he helped his family move and James Wiseman's mum took a financial some financial aid from Hardaway and he was deemed to be a booster at the time. So they kind of slapped him on the wrist for that. Then James Wiseman proceeded to play whilst he was being investigated and suspended, so... Out of all of these little incidents, cutting the long story short, he's been whacked with a 12-game ban. But because of time already served, he's going to miss another 12 games. So if he misses the next, another 10 games rather, if he misses the next 10 games, he'll be eligible to play again early in January. So. It'll be interesting to see how Wiseman does come back when he comes back. As a uh, Cleveland Cavaliers fan who's got a couple of promising guards on their roster, I will be watching James Wiseman very closely in the second half of the college basketball season. There's a lot of talent at point and shooting guard in this draft and a couple of wings that pique my interest. But James Wiseman is, hands down, the best big man prospect. And I would love if Cleveland could get their hands on him. I'm sure people that support the Knicks, the Hawks... Uh, The Warriors, who I'm going to talk about a bit later. All of those teams will be very, very closely watching Wiseman when he does eventually return to the court. Fourth topic to be discussed on today's Fast Five, turning my attention to the AFL, is a couple of big contract extensions for the Geelong Cats. Yesterday we saw that Mitch Duncan pledged his allegiance to the Geelong Footy Club for another couple of years, signing to the end of 2024, and then kind of unsuspectedly, Patrick Dangerfield followed suit and did exactly the same thing today. So those two pillars of their midfield, having them sewn up for at least the next couple of years, I think this all but paves the way for Danger and probably Duncan to retire as Geelong players. That's huge for the franchise. I have an article in the works for next week. I don't want to give too much away, but it is kind of previewing Geelong's future, and with Gary Ablett and Joel Selwood set to depart, probably, well, Gary, they reckon, next year, and Joel Selwood probably won't be too far behind him, having Duncan and Dangerfield still in their outfit is going to be extremely important for Geelong. Granted, neither of these two dudes are spring chickens, and they're probably going to have to do a lot of the heavy lifting in that midfield group. Geelong has a slew of picks heading into next week's draft and they've shown a pretty promising young batch of kids last year, the likes of Jordan Clark, Charlie Constable, but having Danger and Duncan in that engine room is going to be crucial for the Cats, especially if they want to stay in Premiership contention, not only for the next few years, but when Selwood and Gary Ablett, like I've mentioned, do depart. Last topic of discussion for today's Fast Five. I want to look a little bit at the NBA standing. So each team's played around 15 games now, 13 to 15 games. So we have a very decent sample size to assess... Which teams are real, which teams are kind of destined to suck this year, and who's kind of floating around the middle. So as it stands right now, the Lakers actually have the best record in the league, which if you had have told me that at this stage, I wouldn't be too surprised, but they have looked very nice at doing so. They've won 12 games more than anyone else in the NBA, and I'm a little bit surprised at how well their supporting cast is playing, but... I shouldn't be, considering how much heavy lifting LeBron and Anthony Davis do. I released my MVP ladder rankings or the first edition last week, which is a little bit all over the shop. And obviously, if you do so after a small sample size, then there's going to be some anomalies uh, once a couple of more games get played. But yeah, the Lakers look like the ones to beat right now. They might be the favourites for the chip, and they might have two MVP favourites on their team. Celtics have the best record in the East, which... Caught me a bit by surprise, tied with Milwaukee at the moment. It's worth mentioning at 11-3, but I didn't think Boston would be this good this early, especially considering Gordon Hayward has gone down with a broken hand. Kemba's just kind of seamlessly slotted into Kyrie Irving's spot, and Brad Stevens is having fun just tooling around with that Celtics team who were pretty impressive against the Clippers. They lost in OT. I've got to watch a bit of that game, which was epic, but Boston do look like they're going to be important at the business end of the season again. Turning my attention to the other side of the standings, and Tankapalooza is alive and well early on. The Cleveland Cavaliers, who got off to not a hot start, but at least a competitive start, now sit at 4-10, and ten, along with the Hawks and the Detroit Pistons, who aren't they meant to be good? This is weird, but I know Blake Griffin's been out for a bit, so hopefully the Pistons, for their sake, can uh, right the ship a bit. The Atlanta Hawks were kind of generating a bit of buzz as one of the maybe teams that could push into that 7-8 seed, and they still might. It's very early in the year, but seems like the guys who are lumped in that group, along with the New York Knicks, are destined to fight for the uh, number one overall pick, along with the Golden State Warriors. I released a piece uh, a couple of days ago now talking about how Golden State can successfully navigate this, in quotation marks, lost year, and doing so by tanking and in again inverted commas they're not really tanking but losing on purpose I guess I mean Draymond Green rested tonight D'Angelo Russell also rested so if they're not playing as many of their stars they're going to keep chalking up L's and that'll obviously help them in enhance their opportunity of getting a really good draft pick and maybe the number one overall pick which if you pair with a healthy Clay Thompson and Steph Curry is a very very scary prospect so it'll be interesting to see which teams do kind of give up on their season at a certain point and do start tanking. We probably won't see that until after All-Star break, but there's a couple of teams off to a pretty good start. Another couple of uh, surprising nuggets from the standings so far. The Blazers, they're struggling, obviously, have signed Carmelo Anthony to kind of solve their issues, but at 5-10, and 10, and considering their defense is their Achilles heel right now, I don't think Melo's going to help a hell of a lot. So we might see some more pain for Portland before things start to turn around. They're still a very good basketball team, and... They may push back into the playoff race, but if you drop a couple of games in the West, could be the difference between an 8th seed or sitting ninth and missing out on playoff ball. Another team that's struggling sitting below them technically in the standings with the same record right now is the San Antonio Spurs, who last night lost their 7th straight game. It's the first time since 1997 the Spurs have lost 7th straight. So this may finally be the year that we see the San Antonio franchise Break that playoff streak. They've been in the playoffs for about 85 consecutive years. That may be uh, 60 years off or so. But regardless, they've always been one of the perennial contenders and they are stuck in a bit of a weird spot. They've got some good young kids, but they still have the likes of LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan, who probably don't belong on a losing team or at least one that's uh, trending as downward as the Spurs are right now. So maybe they could become trade candidates in the near future. it would be interesting to see just how many of these things I've discussed across the standings, if any of them translate over the next couple of weeks and if any of them have legs for the longevity of the season. And that is another Fast Five in the Books. That's all I've got for this episode. Another one will be coming back probably Sunday, maybe Saturday, previewing all of the NFL week 12 action as well as of course some trending AFL and NBA topics AFL drafts coming up so I'm going to ramp my coverage up for that and there's plenty of basketball always worth discussing but thanks for tuning into this episode make sure you subscribe to the pod for the next episode until next time though peace